Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you. Okay, so today we are going to go back to, you know, obviously, guess what? Our relationships. Um, Sometimes I talk about different things on here, which will always end up being about positivity, you know, manifesting, law of attraction, how what you think about and stuff, which guess what has everything to do with relationships too but today i want to get specific on how we go from you know what where we're not the persecutor anymore okay so you know if you haven't listened to any of my podcasts any of the episodes on the drama triangle the dreaded game please go back okay and and what i'm just going to start doing is sprinkling little things about the drama triangle throughout um, go moving forward throughout just different episodes because it's such an important um, it, concept to understand and it's not just for the codependent narcissist right see we those are the extremes the code codependent narcissistic dance is as extreme as it gets as the reactions are insane and they are so devastating but guess what we are all not codependent and narcissistic, but many of us have a very insecure attachment style. 60% of the world has a secure attachment style. 40% has insecure. So that's a lot of people. Okay. And I, I, you know, I hate to say it, but the older you are, when you know if you don't save a marriage or a relationship or attempt to in some way the dating pool is really hard it is because guess what you got a lot of insecure people back into the dating people pool a lot of dismissive avoidance a lot of anxious preoccupied i'm 52 okay so i'm like i'm not you know i'm i'm not talking about like i'm in, in my 30s and i would or early 30s or 20 no if it gets harder because the insecure attachment styles go back into the dating pool I'm sorry, it's reality. So if you're in your 20s, pay real good attention. If you're in your 30s, really pay attention. If you're 40s, 50s, 60s, pay attention of what you can't have anymore, right? Like our needs shift as we get older. So what is it that we, so there's a couple shifts that need to happen in order to get off the drama triangle, that board, right? Remember, there's the victim, the rescuer, and the persecutor. And remember, this is all anxious preoccupied. This is dismissive avoidance. Okay. This is fearful avoidance. It's it's any insecure attachment style. So it's not just the codependent and the narcissist. That's the extreme. It's any. And you can have this type of a relationship with your sibling, with your parents, with the church. That's a big one. That's another discussion. With if you play the victim. You will always find a rescuer, whether it be a person, a drug, a drink, an addiction to shopping, something, all of, and or or a cult or a church. All of those things are rescuing you. I'm not saying everybody that goes to church. So please don't like. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that when you get fanatical about anything, right? Like where it's just becomes fanatical about 
a person or a thing, an addiction, that's your rescuer. Okay. So one, there's a couple shifts that we have to make. Intrapersonal, meaning within yourself. And the other self um, shift is interpersonal, which is how you react with others. Those are the two shifts that need to be made in order to have a healthy and successful relationship. Again, intrapersonal within yourself. Heal whatever needs to be healed. Make the shift. And interpersonal, which involves how you, you know what, interact with others. Now, once you make the intrapersonal shift, once you heal what needs to be healed, once you look inside yourself and do the work, the interpersonal, the way you interact with others, is going to change. Why? Because guess what? You're going to stop the reactions. You're going to stop the age re regression reaction. What's an age regression reaction? Well, it's basically, so let's say um, somebody says something to you and it's it's hits one of your limiting beliefs. You know, you're not good enough. And then the ego gives you this automatic negative thought. You have the emotion of anger. Your reaction, which is age, age regression, you know, is um and you know flight fight or freeze which is takes you all the way back to childhood childhood so wherever you were you know getting um, um the trauma was happening you know and it's a continuum all normally but it what happens is when you are living in dysfunction and toxicity, 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 you are not getting your needs met in a healthy way, right? So you are, it's arrested development at that developmental stage. And so when we're reacting, we're going back to the inner child has taken over. We're reacting from an age regression. We're no longer like, let's say, I'm no, it's not, you know, Heather Carter, the 52 year old woman, isn't showing up. You know, Heather Carter, or Heather Hogan, the 10 year old inner child, is the one coming out to fight you because I had a fight response. My response was to fight you. If I was triggered, I did not run and I did not freeze. I fought and hard and words venomous so what happens though when you change yourself from within everything else changes in your life with other people so it's really important that's why it's I say guess what I'm gonna go back to it every relationship begins with you and so when you're working on yourself and you're getting off of the drama triangle, what, you know, what we got to do is we have to stay, you know, we, we don't want to, victims stay focused on the problems, right? That's all they're focused on are the problems. And the rescuer is focused on the problem of the victim, but really that's just to ignore their own problems. <clears throat> and, but a creator, so if you can switch to creator and start creating the life you want and stuff, you know what, you're, you're focused on the desired outcome. What is it that you want? What do you want your marriage to look like? What do you want your relationship look, to look like? Your career, every aspect of your life, right? See, so when you escape the drama triangle, you're not just escaping um, relationship hell. Your whole life starts changing, right? So 
It's, you know, you've got to make the shift and ask yourself, what do I really want here? You know, if I could do or be anything, have the relationship I want, what does it look like? And who am I going to be in this situation? How am I going to show up for it? You know, people are shocked. Again, I've said it before. It takes one person to change a marriage, to begin to change it. Because this is the deal, what happens. You know, I, I've worked with so many people that I'm just dealing with the, the one, set, one side of the marriage. One person. And they, when they change and their reactions change, their behavior changes, the other person automatically comes to the plate through boundaries, you know, through obviously inner child healing, through stopping the reactions, stopping being a rescuer or a victim, you know, all of these things. And one of two things happens. This is the truth. The spouse either steps up to the plate and they, because you know what, it feels good not to be attacked anymore or the reactions, whatever is going on, or they just will not change. And my client says, I can't do this anymore. So it either becomes a happy marriage or it's a successful separation. And obviously I want the happy marriage. When a couple comes to me, oh boy, it's really a piece of cake. Because I'm dealing with both of them, right? Like, and it's just a whole other game. Not game, but you know. Um, so, okay, so when you're, you know, when you're asking yourself, you know, what do I want in my relationship? What do I want in my career? Any of these questions, you know, make sure that it's always um, the highest good for yourself and others. Because you always have to honor yourself and others. And when you're assertive, when you're honoring yourself and others, everything begins to fall in place. It really does. You know, it's, you, you know, you, you've got to focus on how your decisions, your choices, and your, um, your reactions, instead of reactions creating responses, your behaviors, uh, you know, how, how it impacts yourself and others. It's super important to consider, you know. Um, you, and it's all, it starts with asking yourself what you want, not what you don't want. And that's what we do. You know, I've said it so many times. We're always focusing on what is, what is, what is. God, what did I say? Every time you focus on what is, it's still going to be the same tomorrow because you're still focusing on what is today. Stop. Right? Okay. So, um, there's a great deal of responsibility that comes with, you know, how you respond and react to others. And most of us are just sleeping, sleepwalking through life, just reacting, reacting, reacting. And no shifts, the, the shifts don't ever take place. And what happens is you stay stuck, right? So um, you've got to start looking at yourself as instead of a persecutor where we're reacting and we're persecuting the people in our lives, right? So because remember, the victim or the rescuer turns into the persecutor all the time. And they just begin to swap roles. So instead of being a persecutor, what about being something like a challenger? Right? It, it's, it's making a shift from, you know what I mean, uh, basically challenging yourself. Right? You become the challenger of yourself. So, you know, because what happens is when you start to challenge yourself, you you know, it opens up a whole new world of possibilities. 
Like, so for instance, challenge yourself. I'm going to give you one challenge. Challenge yourself because most of you won't do it because you're fearful of it. Because you're then what if you challenge yourself to get it and you don't, then you're going to be upset and you'll lose hope. But here, challenge yourself. Just this, simple. What do you want? Challenge yourself. Write it down. Write down. What do I want? What do I really want? What do I want my relationship to look like? What do I want my career to look like? What do I want? What and what do I need to do in order to be the person that I need to be to have the relationships I want to have and to have the career I want to have, to have the bank account I want to have? Challenge yourself. Become a challenger. Challenge yourself. Write it down and then take a step. And move towards it. Do you need to heal your inner child? Do you need to learn new tools? Do you need to become, you know, it's about living up to your highest potential. And in order to live up to your highest potential in the relationships, the career, the bank account, everything, you've got to be able to challenge yourself. You have to be able to do the work, that, you know, that takes, is going to get you there. Because if you keep doing what you've always been doing, it's definition of sanity. You're doing what you keep doing and you're expecting a different result. Well, you're insane. Right, obviously, not, I'm not saying like you, it, that's insane, and you feel insane, don't you? I remember when I used to do. Oh my God, I was I felt insane. Like what the hell? It's like get off of that wheel and start challenging yourself. Start challenging your thoughts. Start start challenging yourself to take on new ways to become the person you want to become. Heal, right? So you know, anger is one of the most powerful. And feared human emotions. Why? Because anger correlates with fear. It's the central emotion of the persecutor. When you are persecuting, you are angry. But if you can use it constructively, it helps you move forward with whatever you're passionate about. Think mothers against drunk drivers. You know, the mother that started that, her daughter was killed by a drunk driver. She was angry. She she used her anger for good. Get angry at yourself then and say, I'm, I'm done doing this. I don't want to persecute my partner's spouse anymore. I don't want to be the victim. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of being this way. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Ah, I don't want to be angry. So I'm going to fix this. I'm going to heal. I'm going to get the help I deserve and I want so I can live the life I deserve and want and have the relationships I deserve and want. I'm sick of this. I'm angry. And then do something about it. Every amazing uh, change in this world, has a lot of it has been based on anger. Believe it or not, the movements that you see you know, it's the, the anger, you know, uh, Gandhi, you know, there was anger behind the movement to free India from British rule, but in a constructive, positive way, right? That's how you use it, constructively and positively to create change within yourself instead of using your anger to persecute on others. So, oh, actually, that's a great thing. So look at Hitler uses anger, and I know these are extreme, but I don't give a shit. This is, your life is your life, and if you're using it to persecute others, it's extreme. 
So Hitler uses anger as a persecutor towards Jews. And look at the destruction of his anger. <gasps> it, still, it, it, it still doesn't even seem real to me. I've done a lot of studying on the Holocaust. And I, I, anyways, I can't even. And then take Gandhi. And look at how he uses anger. Use your anger like Gandhi. Use your anger like the mothers of drunk drivers, right? Use your anger like alcohol anonymous. You've got to start using it in a way that doesn't destroy your life, but betters it. So get angry enough if you need to and say, uh-uh, no more. And then seek help, okay? See, behind every experience of anger, are you ready for this? Lies something you care about. Otherwise, you would not feel angry. And again, Gandhi felt anger about the injustice of, you know, British rule over India. Fueled an entire peaceful resistance movement. And they won their independence. How are you going to win your independence from, from anger? What do, what do you feel is unfair? And I guarantee it starts within yourself. So you got to figure it out. Heal. Go look within. Get some tools. Get some help. Right? So, um, and then another shift to get out of this drama triangle and to off that board forever, permanently, is forgiveness. Forgiveness of yourself and others. It's one of the biggest things I work on with my clients. And they don't forgive on my time. They forgive on theirs, but I teach them how to do it. Because if you can't forgive, you are in big, big trouble. You know, forgiveness is really, it's like, um, stop hoping for a better past. Because <laughs> there's nothing you can do to change it. Nothing. So fucking stop holding on to it. Like, I know that I'm so good at forgiving. I've been done. Oh, my God. I'm the best forgiver in the world. And I can say that. <laughs> I am the queen of forgiveness. And I love it. Do you know that some days, like, when I write about my past, just to help people, like, on my post on LinkedIn or Instagram, I don't even, there's so no anger attached to it. It's unbelievable. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm, I love my dad so much. And I do. And I didn't talk to him for eight years before he died. And I wasn't angry. Just, I had forgiven him. It just wasn't working. He had not changed a bit. And it was bringing me down my life every time I saw him. But I loved him and I love him. And I forgave him. And now, you know, when I think about my dad, I don't think about the abuse, the beatings, the name calling, the physical fights that we got into, the things he did to me that were absurd and so abusive. I think of his laugh. I think of the things we did do, which, you know, that do now make me laugh. Like other people would never have the experiences that I had that my dad gave me. Deep sea fishing all over the Bahamas, diving in, in the most clear, crystal clear, beautiful waters off of the most beautiful Bohemian islands. Summers in Florida. I mean, like, I I look at those things now. I don't think, I, I mean, obviously it's there and I share my stories because it helps others. But there is no anger attached to it anymore. 
Why? Because I forgave it. Because guess what? The past was never going to be good. It was never going to be what I wanted it to be. I was not going to be able to ever, ever, no matter how much I held on to hate, change anything except for screw myself. I was not meant to be born into a home with a mother and a father that were attentive, emotionally connected, and loving, and that met my needs. I wasn't. Most likely you weren't either. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? Nothing, because you can't, right? So, you know, it, it's, it, it's this, it's this, you know, I just described it. Forgiveness changes the way you remember things. It basically converts the curse into the blessings. It's the finding the silver linings. And it feels glorious. Your whole life changes. You know, so when you make a, you know, what you got to do is, you know, one of the things, again, forgiveness is such a big part of my teachings, but make a list of people that, or, you know, conditions or circumstances that you have thought of as persecutors, because my dad was my biggest persecutor, right? Well, then write a list, How you know, write five to seven things. How have they actually been good to you? What were the gifts they gave you? What did they teach you? How have they challenged you to learn and grow? Just like I'm challenging you today. I'm challenging you in a big way, right? And I think you're going to be um, surprised at what you uncover, you know? What is the lesson? What did, what did this person or situation bring into your life, you know? How can you learn from it? What's the hidden gift? It's it's a beautiful process, you know. So, anyways, um, I can't. I'm not. You know, I can't teach it all here. But that's a start, right? That's a start. So you can tell if somebody thinks of you as a persecutor. By the way, by the way they react to you. If a person starts getting defensive with you, that's a clue that you're showing up in a persecutor role. And I'm serious. Even so, even if you're dealing with a rageaholic, a narcissist, a really unhealthy person. Um, what you got to do when they're reacting to you in, in a defensive way is first you have to clarify what your intention is with this communication that you're having with them. Well, and that means you have to ask yourself, is my intention to look good, to be right, to be one up or to instill fear in them? Then you got to stop in your tracks because that's persecuting. Okay. And you have to, you know, gather yourself up and apologize and say, you know what? Let's have a do over here, okay? Because I, and you have to acknowledge, I know my behavior did not come across as, you know, I intended to, and I apologize for that. And that communication will close the gap, okay? Um, between what your real intention is and the negative impact of your previous approach, right? So, you know, you got to acknowledge that the other person, no matter how unhealthy they might be, that they are a worthy person. You know, and you got to let them make their own choices and decisions. And you can invite them to consider your point of view if that's the type of conversation you have. But the challenge is, you know what, to stop trying to take it over. It's not, it, it's not about taking over and controlling somebody else's lives. 
You know, the choices people make will basically create the outcomes they reap, right? I've always said that wherever you're standing right now is a conglomeration of every choice you've made in life. So no matter what you do, people are going to make their own choices and they're going to suffer or they're going to be reap the rewards. But it's not up to you. You know, so what you got to realize is that when you're attacking anybody, when you're in a persecutor role, you are just as bad as anybody else. You know, our, our, you're, uh, you should always have an intention to connect, to bridge the distance between you and the person you love, right? But what do we actually do? We drive our, we drive um, each other. We drive, you know, disconnection. We actually end up further apart. You know, but what do we really want to do? Learn and grow through, you know, each other. And it can be painful, right? But it, it's 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 the only way. It's the only way is to work together. And sometimes, you know, and if you end up that you heal and you go within and you challenge yourself the way I'm asking you to challenge yourself and the person doesn't step, then you might just need to leave. Okay, guys, thank you for tuning in to Relationship Rescue. Every relationship begins with you. Um, by the way, so if you want to join my membership program, March is all about, guess what? Finding your purpose. Yes, 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 yes. And I've changed it. It's no longer Conscious Creators, but it's called because I, I didn't believe it, it really, people could understand what it is. So it's living your highest potential. It's the inner healers community. So it's all about a community of healing things together, personal development, inner child healing, looking for, you know, um, positive aspects, all of that. And um, March is going to be all about finding your purpose living up to your highest potential inner healing community and if you want to be a part of it i'm going to put the um the link to become a member in the notes in these show notes and you can click on on over there and it's an unbelievable membership program um and oh by the way the page that you're going to click on i haven't changed the name yet and stuff but since i did you know want to get this podcast out there today you will still see it called conscious creators but it's actually living your highest potential inner healing community i love you have a great day evening weekend uh friday saturday sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday whenever you're listening to this i don't know but i just want you to live your best life and i do want you to live up to your highest potential bye-bye